Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. listening to Bry Island Discs. Good evening everybody, welcome to Bry Island Discs. I'm sorry we're a bit later than um, usual, we had a few technical issues but we're back here now and in the studio we have Mr Morris um, who we know has got a passion for music because we see him most years performing the staff review in the band. Um, how do you have the courage to do that, Mr Morris? Uh, it's a really good question. Firstly, can I just thank you both so much and everyone for letting me be here this evening. This is so cool. Um, literally a full-on radio station. It's awesome, but um, yeah, courage for for being on the band. I don't know. It's alter ego. We we'll go with. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It's seriously fun. Um, Mr. Drake and I joke about it every time, and actually, we we really did it this year. It's our teenage dream to be on stage and to sing, sing tribute by Tenacious D. That really was. That was the icing on the cake for us. So, um, you know, I was, I was thinking actually walking over here from Harden this evening. Um, what are the things that you know? Oh, what might they? What might I be asked, and what am I terrified of? And um, one of the things I thought of is, oh, what's your sort of proudest moment? And I don't think I probably answered it there. Being on stage singing Tenacious D tribute, fourteen-year-old Sam Morris would have been so proud of himself. <laughs> that was awesome. But um, yeah, it's really good fun. Star reviews a good laugh. And I mean, have you been music a long time? When did you start picking up a guitar to sort of practice? Your... Uh, no, I, I, I have so few musical talents, sadly. Um, I used to play a little bit at school, played the tenor horn, got a couple of grades in that, or a grade maybe. And then mum and dad very kindly, um, yeah, let me drop that one and focus on some other things. <laughs> um, but I've always, I mean, there are lots of things in music I'd love to be able to do. I'd love to be able to sing. I'd love to be able to play piano, guitar, um, anything really, and actually to have some talent. But it's fun. Music's a, you just kind of lose yourself. It's cool. Yeah. Well, tell us about your first track that you've chosen. Show uh, us. Yeah, my first track. Um, one from one I just remember really fondly from the sort of that stage of my life, maybe 12, 13, where music went from being just songs being on to songs where you started to sort of listen to or try and interpret or understand. Or for me, um, I always found lyrics really cool. Um, and Jason Mraz was someone I was hugely fond of because I really liked his songs. Um, but I really liked the way he sort of rolled between some singing or some almost rapping, um, some different genres all blurred into one. And um, this is one I remember so, so fondly from those years. And um, yeah, Geek in the Pink by Jason Mraz. There's some good bits in this. Sort of song that makes me smile. Yo, 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 brother A to Z. Yo, what's up, B? Yo, what time is it? Ha ha. It's laundry day. Well, let the geek in the pink take a stab at it. If you like the way I'm thinking, baby, wink at it. I may be skinny at times, but I'm fat full of rhymes. Pass me the mic and I'm gonna grab at it. 
Well, isn't it delicious, crazy way that I'm kissing this baby? Listen to this, don't wanna miss it while I'm sitting. Sometimes you gotta fit in to get in, but don't ever quit, cause soon I'm gonna let you in. Well, see, I don't care what you might think about me. You get by without me if you want. Well, I could be the one to take you home. Maybe we could rock the night alone. If we never get down, it wouldn't be a letdown. But sugar, don't forget what you already know. That I could be the one to turn you out. We could be the talk across the town. Don't judge it by the color, confuse it for another. You might regret what you let slip away like the geek in the pink. Relationship fire, don't mean to bother nobody But Cupid's automatic, must have fired multiple shots at her Because she fought in love too often, that's what's the matter At least I'm talking about her, keep my pattern of flattery And she was staring through the door frame And eyeing me down like already a bad boyfriend Well she can get her toys out of the drawer then Cause I ain't coming home, I don't need that attention See, I don't care what she might think about me She'll get by without me if she wants so that track was from um, Miss Morris's childhood days, and we want to sort of go on to the sort of topic of childhood and what you were like as a child. <laughs> That's a big question. What was I like as a child? Um, I'd say one thing. Probably all my friends and family would say another. Um, I was, I think, quite confident as a child. I really enjoyed. I mean, that was something I really enjoyed performing. Um, I mean, fondest memory of that era, uh, um, year six. Uh, Joseph is an amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph in the studio tonight, <laughs> guilty. Uh, no, that was, um, I, I loved that. Loved being on stage, loved singing, loved uh, playing sports, loved drama things, just anything I could get involved in. I was very lucky. Um, Mum and Dad pretty much ran a taxi service for my ch- whole childhood. And, you know, whether I was at Scouts or whether I was uh, at sports clubs, um, I sort of did it all. My school, my school day, I guess, finished at three, but actually things went on and on into the evening. Every night it was a different club. Um, you look back, I don't know how they did it, but um, it was awesome. But on that logistical side, I mean, we grew up pretty much five miles from a shop, five miles from a pub. It was really in deepest, darkest Herefordshire, um, which is lovely to go back to now, and I really appreciate it for sort of what it is. But at the time, I wanted to be where my friends were. or mm. Yeah. And yeah. something we haven't mentioned is you've got... Uh... Uh, you're not you, you're not twins with other Mr. Morris, are you? No, you're you're younger. Not. I am. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are yeah, twins. Yeah. yeah so no, no, no. We're not no, twins. twins. I'm younger. Yeah. You're younger. Yeah, but yeah. then, uh, I mean, how did that work? Is that sort of sort of brother rivalry when you were younger, doing all these yeah. clubs? And yeah. When we were younger, I mean, he was. We've got three years between us, so anything say sporting wise, he was playing at a completely different level to, to what I was. Um, so that took some catching up, but. Yeah, we certainly that I can remember. We we were very competitive with sport at home when mum and dad were out. So we used to play a lot, of, a lot of um, indoor cricket in the living room. Um, we had our permanent stash of some paints and some super glue. Uh, yeah, a few ornaments got smashed, but um, yeah, and, uh, there were a few. I remember a sheep uh, quite vividly that got found a couple of years later. And um, yeah, we thought of a story pretty quickly. But yeah, we were certainly competitive in those situations. Oh, and is that so? Did you have? Was it just you two growing up? Uh, no, older sister as well. Um, so yeah, I was the youngest of three. Um, yeah, sort of the babe of the family. But um, it's the best. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Cheers. No, it is. Um, and yeah, I mean, and if you look at that bit moving forwards, we've, you know, Mr. Morris and I, we're we're here, we're teaching. Um, you know, funnily enough, we've both made that move from Herefordshire, and we both ended up at Bryanston School in Dorset. Um, and yeah, sister's gone completely the other way. 
she's up in Sheffield. Um, Mum and dad were both teachers. I sort of probably knew I'd always fall into it. I sort of f- felt that was a route for me. Um, I think they're probably as surprised as anyone that uh, Mr. Morris has fallen into it. But I think, you know, he's really grown to love and appreciate what it is. Um, but as I say, I think my sister saw mum and dad and what they did and she ran as far as she could in the opposite direction. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Well, tell us about your next track. Uh, my next track, where are we? Ah, okay, this one's a beauty from secondary school. Um, as I say, that, that last one sort of that blur into when I started to understand music. Um, this might be the only time uh, Nisloppy ever get played on Bry Radio, but this was a um, JCB song. Now, there's loads I love about it, um, but we could catch up maybe about that after. But this was released as a Christmas song, and um, I've always had a really uh, fond affection for it. Well, I'm rumbling in this JCB I'm five years old, my dad's a giant sitting beside me And the engine rattles my bum like berserk While we're singing, don't forget your shovel if you want to go to work My dad's probably had a bloody hard day But he's being good fun and bubbling and joking away the procession of cars stuck behind Again in all impatient and angry But we don't mind We're holding up the bypass Oh Me and my dad having a top laugh Oh, oh, oh. Sitting on the toolbox Oh And I'm so glad I'm not in school, boss So glad I'm not in school Oh no And we pull over to let cars pass And pull off again speeding by this summer green grass And we're like giants up here in our big yellow digger Like Zoids or Transformers or maybe even bigger and I want to transform into a Tyrannosaurus Rex And eat up all the bullies and the teachers and their pets And I'll tell all my mates my dad's B.A. Baruch is only with a J.C.B. and Bruce Lee's nunchuckers And we're holding up the bypass, oh Me and my dad having a top laugh, oh, oh Sitting on the toolbox, oh And I'm so glad I'm not in school, boss So glad I'm not in school And we're holding up the bypass, oh Me and my dad having a top laugh, oh I'm sitting on the toolbox, oh And I'm so glad I'm not in school, boss So glad I'm not in school Said I'm Luke, I'm five, and my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round in his JCB I'm Luke, I'm five, and my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round in his JCB I'm Luke, I'm five, and my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round in his JCB I'm Luke, I'm five, and my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round, and we're holding up the bypass Whoa, and me and my dad having a top laugh Oh, whoa and I'm sitting on the toolbox Oh And I'm so glad I'm not in school box So 
glad I'm not in school I said don't lose my vibe But my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round in his JC I'm Luke on five But my dad's Bruce Lee Drives me round in his I'm Luke on five But my so this that song was about um well who who who, who was the singer Nisloppy Nisloppy <laughs> yeah. his dad and what he meant to him what did, did your what, what sort of did your parents mean to you I mean their sort of did your dad give you sort of inspire you or what? I mean I, I guess so on the probably the most the most obvious level that like he was head of PE at the local school and I've ended up as a PE teacher you know mm-hmm. here down in Dorset um, and yeah mum and dad they both taught. Uh, Mum taught technology, um, both now fortunately retired, I think, for their own for their own good. Um, but, yeah, so a lot, really. And what what I love about that song, you know, it's, it's a lovely message that his dad's a JCB driver and, you know, he thinks he's Bruce Lee. But I think what's what's even nicer is sort of it's that stage in life where you believe anything's possible. Mm. And we, we were just sat here talking about things like <laughs> Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny. Um but you know they're things we we get told, and as Ben Ben and I said, as younger younger siblings, you have no choice really over when you learn. That's not the case. No, um, no. Yeah, sorry to any listeners who who we might have just ruined that for. But um, yeah, I think just that whole imagination uh, thing, as it's lovely, just to believe that those glory days of when anything goes or you could achieve anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so teaching that was it. Teaching, but you you were saying earlier how you you're a school lover and it's you love everything about school. What is it about? school and the institution that you love so much i think they're special places they've all every school i've seen has its own own thing you can't put your finger on what it is but it but is special for the individuals that are there i think you know you look at somewhere like Bryanston and the opportunities i mean i'm literally in a radio station with you both um, yeah. the opportunities <laughs> and the things you get to do you won't you might not ever get to do it again but with that that does open up a door there might be one thing there might be multiple things where you know, you go, you get a taster of it at this age, and that dictates the path. You're not sat, you know. Yes, you spend a certain amount of time in lessons, getting your academics in place, and that's so important. But also, it's those those extra bits, those extracurricular areas, which actually might define the career you end up in. Mm. Um, and yeah, schools are happy places generally, um, and it's fun being a kid. Mm. I mean, yeah. well, did, did 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 you had a, obviously had a very happy time at school? Yeah, I did. I had two probably quite polarizing experiences. I was at school in Hereford for for five years at a school called uh, Bishops. And um, sports obviously been a massive part of my life. And I kind of felt quite pigeonholed there. Um, rugby was the sport they played. They played some cricket. They didn't play very much hockey. Um, but all of my friends were, you know, it was rugby, rugby, rugby. And I, at the time, was probably really, you know, growing fond of hockey as a game. So I wanted to be doing more of that. And they were... So probably socially I struggled slightly at that age because I was doing or wanting to do the opposite of what all my friends were doing and what was probably deemed to be the cool thing to do. Now, you know, hats off to them. They were very successful and they really enjoyed what they did and they've continued, you know, I'm sure they've gone on to continue playing. So, But I found that sort of quite hard. And then, yeah, I went away at sixth form. I was very fortunate to go away to a boarding school and the opportunities I had there, I mean, I played hockey, cricket and golf, Um they were the things I wanted to do, and I had freedom over that. I was allowed to sort of make my own decisions a little bit more, and you know, I'm hugely lucky to have had that opportunity, um, and it was really fun. It was. Yeah, so that's sort of given you the uh, sort of sort of triggered your passion of teach, giving that to other people, and yeah, um, quite possibly so. Quite possibly so. I think my big one probably here is, and whether it's tutorially or whether it's in teaching or coaching or just being around in house or around school. Is I really I'm desperate that people don't leave, and look back and go. I oh, probably what I did a lot of the time. I wish I did that. 
Um, you know, whilst I had a great time playing hockey and cricket and, you know, a lot of golf, there were loads of other things on offer at school that I didn't do. And um, I think I, there's, there are moments there I look back and say, oh, you know, I really wish. Things like I look at the school musical here and it's unbelievable. And I remember our school musicals being phenomenal. Um, we had a chap in our hockey team who was the leading school play, um, Courtney Salmon, which might be one of the best names I've ever heard. But... Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, there was a point in my, you know, when I was at school there and I was watching Courtney on stage and you go, actually, I used to reflect on my Joseph days again. Um, but, yeah, like how that, that is seriously cool um, to sort of put yourself out there and out of your comfort zone, but what you take back from that. Um, but, yeah, there's, that's probably my wish. People make the most of these opportunities because mm. they do go. I mean, but that some it's quite sometimes when you're a sort of teenager, you're not really the most... Um, I don't know. You're you're you've got the impression that actually it's cooler to just sort of hang around. And I mean, did you? How do you kind of face the battle that kind of um, social I problem? It's it's probably a tricky one. I don't think it's. I don't necessarily think it's there. I think if we looked at a, you know a group of students, so you know yourselves, I think you do want the best for yourselves. Um, you know, we all do. We're all humans, and we want to be the best we can be. Um, I think we've got a role to start to lead by example within that. Um, and to show that, you know, if we said the phrase I hate, well, you know, it's, it's cool or it isn't cool to try, but it gets said. And, um, you know, of course it is cool to try. Like everyone, you, you're trying to better yourself at every opportunity and you've got an opportunity here to put yourself in that position. Um, but I understand socially these places are, you know, there's huge demands on everyone. It's You, you might spend five hours of your week down on the games field and, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but that leaves many hours where you're not on the games field and they certainly outweigh those that you are. So I can fully understand how how one, you know, seems insignificant compared to the other. But, um, you know, what I'd love to do and what I'd love to speak more, to more people about is, you know, what do, what do students want? What does every individual want from their sporting experience? And I'm cool with that. You know, as long as it's to get better and to enjoy it and to, you know, I hope and we hope as a department... We always speak about an affectionate connection to sport, but continuing to to play it. You know, I love the idea within cricket of when you hear about people that are going on to continue playing, and whether that's, you know, I really don't mind if someone plays professionally or internationally, or if they just play for their Sunday second eleven. You know, that's equally as cool as long as that's their ceiling and they're trying to reach it. Um, you know, that's different for all of us, but just keep going and yeah, be the best you can because why not? Yeah, yeah, wise words. Um, tell us about your, your next track. <laughs> My third song. Um, am I right? That's Okay, this is the XX, and this is very much a school-based one. So, And I'm hoping this is something some of the listeners, especially students, can relate to. Um, because when... So we had about a two, two-and-a-half-hour journey to school and back. Um, so it would be half-terms, exiats, um, you know, going down for the start of term. Um, and music was obviously... I, my dad pretty much always took me down to school, and we'd always have some music on now. Um, Fleetwood Mac The Chain probably would have been in there as one we listen to a lot but obviously Dan Stokes nicked that one um, but, that, but that's fine um, but yeah so we listened to a lot of 80s rock a lot of Genesis a lot of Fleetwood Mac um, around the era which was you know dad's music he was hugely fond of and I became fond of as well um, but I remember this really fond, uh, really really well so Harry Gibson one of the guys I played hockey with he he had this album The XX now the music is you know I've not listened to it a huge amount since um, but we listened to it a lot as a hockey side. So we had, you know, our matches from Somerset were often in London. So it'd be three, three and a half hour buses to get to a fixture to just play for 60 minutes and get back. Um, and this became a bit of a mantra for us. So Harry, back in the day, burnt me a CD. I'm not sure if that's even a thing anymore. But um, yeah, he basically made me a CD of this album, which we listened to on the way home uh, one day from school. But then on the way back, I, I forgot it and I left it in dad's car. 
And then when he picked me up, um, you know, at the end of the term or how many weeks later, it was still playing. And uh, he had just been listening to it for the, well, I, I think he had anyway, for the last how many weeks. Um, but I think that sort of, I'm sure people can relate. There'll be certain things you listen to or do on the way to and from school. And they're either your hellos to mum and dad and the family and you're about to catch up for a week or three, or they're your goodbyes and I'll see you in three weeks or so. Um, whichever they are, they're pretty special. And yeah, this is one of those. how memories have such a you can the smell and the well I don't know they, they just sort of come up from time to time and um yeah I mean that's a very interesting memory I think lots of people have that when they go back to school and they have this sort of it's a, quite a special time because you're sort of apprehensive you're uh yeah you don't really get that any other time of your life no, I don't absolutely. think it's routines and stories isn't it they're always the special things having a special routine or a story yeah. is probably what life's all about it's what teaching certainly is you know creating routines in the classroom mm. uh or within life and telling stories with it whether i'm to you know that's when I, I remember the best lessons i had at school it it was almost you were a part of a story and mm. that's why you learn it and that's why it sticks with you because you can recount that story 
I mean, what do you think about now how the syllabus we have is so kind of concrete and you, as a teacher you must find it so kind of limiting about how you can express what or yeah, interpret it? And, you know, real disclaimer, there are probably people who sit in my classes, they've probably very clearly picked up on that. There'll be some subjects where, or some topics within it where I'm pretty much teaching what they need to know. And then there are those that you can really expand on or that maybe that I have passion about or can see they have a passion about. So they're the ones you fly with. But some of them are a case of, right, this week, when I mean, you're planning it, okay, we just need to tick this one off for everyone's sake. Mm. You need to know this in case you get asked a question on it. But there's, yeah, there's not always a huge amount more to it. There is in someone's mind, but if there's not in the, that room on that day, then, you know, don't push Probably. it for more than it's worth. I mean, when you were at school, was it a lot more free with what could be sort of taught? and? Yeah, possibly so. I, I, I don't remember too much. I made some, um, actually, I mean, that was another really nice transition. When I went from... Um, secondary school into into sixth form, obviously going through A levels, and I you know I had a great opportunity to go and play some sports as well. And mum and dad were really supportive of me doing things I wanted to do. So I went from, you know, I, actually I picked up thirteen GCSEs somehow along along the way, oh, and wow. then I went on to study P math uh, P media studies and photography, which on paper I mean I hadn't done any media studies. I certainly hadn't done any photography, uh, but they were things I had a massive interest in or wanted to know more about. So. They were quite sort of open subjects as well and quite creative subjects, making films and, you know, taking photos. But I loved that. It was awesome. And, yeah, more of that, more mm-hmm. creativity and more, more So, yeah, maybe to... you'll pursue that. I mean, do you, self, do you see yourself becoming an artist sometime soon? <laughs> no, 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 I'll be very quick on that to say no. Uh, Part-time no, art I, teacher? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy where I am. Thanks, mate. But, um, no, it is. It's so fun, isn't it? And you get those, you know, maybe there are certain times where you go, oh, I'd love to, you know, if I changed, what would I do? I mean, mm. I, I don't have a clue personally what I would do, so I'm I'm staying put uh, in the teaching world for a while. But yeah, you ask yourself that sometimes. What and you're probably asking yourselves at the minute. You know, you're going mm. on to your next step. What are you going to do? What What does that mm. look like? Um, you know, obviously, I certainly don't know the answers, but you might not. And it's I I don't. If I ask myself, what would I change and do? Not a clue. Um, well, that's maybe a good sign that you're happy where you are. And... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Again, don't look into it more than maybe it needs to be. It's yeah, mm. it reads well. Yeah, no, it's very true. I mean, did you what when you were what was you said that teaching's always been something you want to fall into? But was there any other? Was there is there was there a plan B or something you were no, going? I'm not to sure do? there was. I'm not. Uh, I'd love to say there was. I mean, sport obviously was. Yeah, there there was a very short period of time where I toyed with that idea, and I think I soon realised that wasn't good enough. Um, it's pretty cutthroat out there. More so now than it was ten years ago, when you know, or well, twelve years ago, when I was looking at that sort of thing. Um. But for the right person, absolutely, that's an amazing thing to go and do. Um, I've got a lot of friends who have done it, some very successfully and some actually, I'm sure they wish they'd made another decision. Um, a lot of friends have, have got there and failed, and some have got there and succeeded. Um, but I think the percentages, maybe I wasn't ambitious enough to take that on, but I didn't have the self-belief in the first place, I doubt, or the skill. Um, so no... The, I also made those those decisions with things like A-levels. I probably knew at that point what I was wanting to do. So as long as I looked after my PE, I knew I could get near the PE course I wanted to do, the sport degree at university. And then again, leaving that, I was fortunate in my third year of university. In January, I interviewed at um, at a prep school, and I, I got an internship at a prep school to, to teach and coach, and that was what I wanted to do. So, you know, I hope I gave my dissertation my all and my exams my all, but, you know, looking back, if I had another shot, there was probably more in the tank, but I was... I was on to that next phase. Now, 
I look back and yeah, I've got some regrets in that. You know, I would love to have a first next to my name. I've got you know got a two one, and I was a couple of cents off a first. Mm. You know, if I went back, would I would I do it differently? Yeah, I would. But at the time, these things happen, and um, you live with them and you move on. Good things happen anyway, mm. regardless. I mean, biggest regrets? Can you? Can... Oh my word, biggest regrets. Um, certainly some sporting ones. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a huge question. What is my biggest regrets? I one was it worked out very well. But um, so I actually we were speaking before we started. This is my this week is my fifth year anniversary at Bryson. I joined after a February half term. Um, strange transfer season, but it all happened uh, very quickly. But I had a nice job. I then did my PGCE at the prep school, and um, I took on another year. And when I when I took on that other year, I was. I was deliberating, do I or don't I, you know, is this the right thing I want to do? And I went with it. And I very quickly, I mean, weeks in, went, mm, I should have should have gone. I had a real desire to be in a secondary school. I wanted to be teaching A-level GCSE. And I think with that, that came through teaching of Corpy and some of it where, you know, I was teaching some of the subjects or some of the sports. And what I love about it here is it, you can say things to a, to a 15-year-old when you're coaching them. And at times they'll go, well, Why? Why do I need to do that? And um, they're not questions I was being asked. So, you know, teaching some some sports or some activities. And every word I said was being hung on to like it was gospel. So there was no, no challenge coming back. Yeah. And I was there going at times like, you're a national level swimmer. Now, you know, swimming I've got knowledge of and I'm fine with. But you're listening to things I'm saying. And like, like they're, you know, the next best coaching. You've got an Olympian who coaches you. You know, <laughs> I need to be going to get advice from her. Don't necessarily. So I felt not fraudulent within that and you know I was com- confident in what I was doing and I was delivering good things but I wanted that next challenge um so yeah it ended up me to go back to the question yeah transferring mid-season almost um and I wish I probably recognized that in myself slightly earlier yeah. and yeah went about in my own way but hey ho things worked out well, very you've well you've got yourself a great challenge yeah. here at Bronson yeah. yeah, we're, we're quite a, a challenging no, bunch you're a good challenge um, but yeah. you, I mean, working with older people, you've got to, I mean, you said how you've got to, people are going to challenge you. How do you uh, work with people to make them, to not make them, but to, to persuade them to listen to you? Um, I think rapport is everything. So trying to build relationships is the most important thing. And for me, um, I hope at least the way I can do that is I am pretty accepting if I'm, you know, if things aren't right, I'm not the most stubborn. So if I'm coaching, if I'm teaching, if someone's got a better way, I'd like to learn that as well. Um, and I also think, you know, there are certainly situations in the classroom, you get asked questions and you don't always know the answer. And being able to say, I don't know, let's both come back next lesson. You know, you bring the information to me, I'll bring what I've found to you and let's have a chat about it then. Um, as opposed to almost hiding behind a, you know, certainly I never want to be a, I'm the teacher. Um, you know, get things wrong. wrong like, yeah, you learn from mistakes. So that's good. You're allowed to make well, them. Well, you almost, I think it's quite interesting that teachers are obviously, I didn't really appreciate this, but they're obviously learning in the, whilst students are learning every day, maybe. Because well, well, as students, we all think that everything a teacher says is like, correct. The right it's, what, it's the right. It's what we need to learn. Well, hopefully Which, often it is. <laughs> well, you, 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 99% of the time you take, but you know. No, but there, there are definitely yeah. times. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure some teachers who, if, and there may be people listening to that and go, you know, they may not feel that's that's the case for them. I can put my hand up and honestly say, for me, at times it is. And certainly when I'm, you know, in that two and a half years where I taught in the prep school, there were definitely things for my degree that I fully put out of the back of my mind. So then jumping into an A-level course, I, I mean, I was 
I remember really clearly being a resident in Salisbury House and, you know, being the early hours of the morning and I'm making sure I know everything for the next day that I'm teaching because I want to go in and give, you know, I want to give the students the best opportunity they can. Now, with experience, you get more familiar with things like the specification, but there are definitely times I'll 100% put my hand up and go, I don't know everything all the time. Mm. Um, and I'm happy, but I want to learn it. You know, I, I've got a real passion for the subject and hopefully the students who have chosen it do as well. So we're on a bit of a journey together. Um, yeah, as long as we reach the end goal and they can, yeah, give it their all, I'm in. Hopefully pass. Yeah, that's the, yeah hopefully, yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully. <laughs> fellow uh, sports yeah. scientists over here. Yeah, no, yeah. I've already passed it. Yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, tell us about your, I can't, I don't know what we're on. What are we on? Fourth? Fifth? My fourth, fourth song. It is fourth, yeah. Um, this, uh, again, I'm sort of working quite chronologically here through education. So this is a university song, and exactly what you were saying earlier, Em, when you listen to something and it takes you back to a place, and I mentioned this before. Now, I in no way advocate this to anyone as a way of learning or as a way of studying. A real disclaimer on that, but I was an awful studier. Uh, I wasn't great at school, and I was awful at university. I, whether I misprioritized things, but I, or whether it was just the way I worked. I worked to deadlines, and I worked late. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the most healthy. And again, big disclaimer, this isn't the way you should do it. But we used to, you know, I used to go to the library at 11pm at times. And that would be when I'd start. Um, because I knew it was a quiet space. No one else was there. So I, and I took myself out of my comfort zone of my, my house. So it was somewhere I knew I had no distractions. I'd get this done. Um, but yeah, Matchbox 20. Um, they're a band I listened to a lot at the time. Um, and this is very much one of those songs. And when you sort of tasked me with find, find Five, this was one I heard, and it took me straight back to that place. I remember it, you know, it might have been sort of early hours in the morning, grafting through an essay, making sure it, making sure it's done. Um, but yeah, not a good way to work, but certainly a memory, that certainly a song that takes me back. <laughs> Cause it's a little bit dirty 
Morris, you've done a full cycle. You've um, you you played hockey here, at aged seventeen. Yeah, I probably would have been about seventeen the first time I came to Brighton. I remember being on the bus, as I'm sure you know you all did. Probably the first time you came to the school as a visitor. Certainly, all the visiting schools probably do it. We drove through the gateway. We're there, and then you drive through this driveway of just trees, and it's just it goes on and on and on. I remember us laughing about that, thinking, you know, where are we? Are we in the right place? You, you know. Um, Mr. Hacker, we certainly wouldn't have been yobbing him in any way, but quietly questioning so that he wouldn't hear whether he knew where we were going. Um, and then, yeah, you rock up and it's just this sort of majestic place in front of you. But yeah, came for a hockey match here. I remember it quite clearly, and um, probably not for the best reason. Um, I remember it was my nan's 90th birthday. There you go. So my dad had come down to watch because he was taking uh, from here, we were going down to Southampton to pick James up to go back up to Birmingham to see Nan. Anyway. Uh, regardless of that, we were middle of the game, and probably why you might have mentioned it. Um, so I'm stood ready to take a 16. Um, we're playing back up towards school, and you know the over the top balls on, so I've gone to flick an aerial, and I remember this so clearly. It was so embarrassing. Uh, it's just got caught in the hook of the stick. I've just pulled it square left, straight into the middle of a netball match on CJ Courts, um, and there was yeah, as is often the case with many sports, there was a re- there was. You know, a Bryanston crowd down there, let's say. Um, you know, Millfield Bryanston was probably a match people wanted to watch. So there were a fair few, and I, um, yeah, I was yoked pretty hard. <laughs> uh, it was quite a hostile environment for me. Did anyone, lo- did anyone lose an eye? I mean, uh, it no, was... I, th- I, d- I don't. I think all the, um, yeah, all the netballers were safe, but they were certainly in danger <laughs> from and a shelling. They from still Morris. let you back, sort of they ten did, years later. Brave, amazingly up. so. I, I'm guessing there was a, enough of a turnover of staff that. Um, yeah, no one, no one quite realised who I was um, <laughs> after yeah firing hockey balls at the netball match. Um, but no, I remember that very clearly. Not good. But Not so good. now you're here now. I mean, is it quite weird, sort of 
not weird, but very sort of maybe maybe it's heartening that you've only you come from Millfield and you're sort of in Dorset. I mean, Dorset's a lovely. Well, actually, Millfield's not in Dorset it's in Somerset. It's in not. Somerset, yeah. but you you stayed in the southwest. I have, and I mean, Herefordshire was home, so I was southwest. You know, the north as north as the southwest probably gets there. Um, University in Cardiff, which again is a similar sort of area. Um, so I've sort of potted around this area for all of my life, but I've got no intentions of moving too far too quickly. It is nice, isn't it? Mm. And do you still play hockey um, yourself sort no, of outside? I'm, I'm long retired pretty much from all sports. Um, there's a, the, yeah, I haven't played hockey in competitively probably six or seven years now um, and slightly less with cricket. But, yeah, it's just not – I don't get that buzz from it anymore. I'm very much of a sporting – and as I spoke about earlier, I want I want students to leave and be the best they can be. And I probably reached a point where I felt I had, yeah, I'd reached that ceiling and reached that threshold. And then obviously started teaching and working Saturdays. So to play, I wasn't at a, at a level where I could play the top, top stuff and some of the hockey that would be on a Sunday. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't getting the kick out of it that I used to. And I probably had played so much that I wanted that competitive buzz to enjoy it. Mm. And I struggled I'm probably in a better place now that I could almost go back to it um, and see it from a social level, but I've really struggled in that hybrid state of not being able to do things as well as I used to. Mm. Uh, I found that really hard to deal with. So, um, yeah, now I take out all my sporting frustrations on the golf course. Um, <laughs> you know, golf's my probably my big passion now. Um, sportingly, uh, you know, I it's my one source of competition, and that that's a real that makes me tick. Um, the issue is it's me competing against myself, so I can either be my best friend or my absolute enemy. Um, and I really do. I go through a whirlwind of emotions on the golf course. I try not to show it too much, but I'm sure if you ask some of the people I play with that um, I don't do a great job of hiding it. Well, but I do need I, that competitive buzz. I could, I could, I could imagine. I, I, I imagine your drive is um, you can drive a ball quite far. Uh, Think, seeing how how hard you can hit, hit, hit a hockey ball. Uh, it, it, it depends it, on the, it depends on the wind. Let's say. Now we enjoy it, but again, it's a great sort <laughs> great source of taking out any frustration. Hitting a little white ball around the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is weird that I sometimes have this sort of, sort of fundamental like mental block with sport. That it is a very uh, if you break it down. I mean, like hockey, you're hitting a ball. Isn't it ridiculous? Like, I, to, I played cricket for years, and then one of my friends turned around to me. He was like, "Do you enjoy spending eight hours every Saturday stood in a in a field chasing <laughs> leather, stood in silly white clothing?" Yeah. Oh my word! Is that that's literally what I do? I just dress up in white and stare at someone hitting leather around. <laughs> literally, we yeah. stop every hour for a cup of tea. That's pretty yeah, good. And but sandwiches, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but is, I don't think it's about that. I mean, accolades and achievements are great in sport, but I think it's far more important than that for me. You know, my best mm. friends came through sport. Some of my best experiences, um, you know, without being without having played the sports I played, especially within team sports, you know. I'm sure I would, but I, I don't know for sure. Could I sit here today and, you know, have a chat with you? Could I stand in front of a class of people and, you know, talk through a topic or discuss things? Um, you know, all of those things. Sport's given me so much outside of, you know, I've I've made, I've made had some cool achievements in sport. I've done some things I am really proud of. But more than that, sport's given me, it's given me friends, it's given me confidence, it's looked after me mentally, it's looked after me physically. Um, you know, it's more than winning a game mm. certainly you know that's nice and it is a perk and it's great and I enjoy winning as much as anyone else but there is more to it I totally I think you can actually sometimes feel a bit deflated when you've won because you realise oh well that's absolutely I've, I've got it and that's it and it's because it's not tangible that it's such a strange feeling and you you've been aspiring for it for so long when actually when it comes to you, you sort of hugely hugely and 
I was, I mean, I can't, so obviously you're a runner and I can't speak to that because I certainly am not a runner and never have been. But uh, from a team sport point of view, which I know you've got a lot of experience, both of you in, um, you know, is there a, is there a worse feeling than your team winning and you feeling you've, you know, trying to be happy with them when you look at yourself and you're like, oh, today was not my day. You know, I did everything I can to lose that for the team yet someone else. But then is that the best feeling? Because you look at it and you go, that's been me, or one day that will be me, and there will be other people in that group that feel, you know, they didn't, they had their worst day, and they're meant to be as happy as you are. And that's why it's a team. Like mm. you, as you say, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You really do, on an individual level. Someone can save your day. Someone can score a worldie from nowhere. Someone can, you know, make a tackle that they have no right to make. Um, and that swings it for, you know, that might be 15, 18 players in a squad that won a game they shouldn't have or lost the game they shouldn't have. But that's sport. You've got to get up for it and go for it again. Um, it's hard, but it's the reality of it. And as I say, there's you learn a lot from that. Mm. I think, yeah, I think certainly like the confidence is something that I really, yeah, I think confidence and, yeah, friends. And I think people see it, People, if when people see it who aren't sporty, they say, oh, just it's hitting them all around. But actually, it's so much more. Absolutely. I, I, one definitely I think to touch on quickly is that the way we structure sports, so you play as your year group in D, mm. you play as you know, under 15s in C, and then suddenly, especially if we look at hockey, you're in this B, A3, A2 world. Mm. Now, what I think is hugely important is that when people are in, say, A2 and A3, they reflect back on how that was as a B, because mm. that is not easy. You're putting yourself really out there, and again, that's that. You know, we spoke earlier about people really giving it their all and that, you know, how much do I do I want to look like I'm putting into this? You know, how much of that is fear of failure necessarily is, but, you know, need to achieve or need to avoid failure um, sort of outlook on life. And I think there's such a responsibility on older students. And then it's the same thing when you go into, you know, whether it's club sport or, you know, whatever, whether it's in a work setting, when those new members come into your team, trying to put yourself back in those shoes and going, actually, how would I like to be treated now? How could I? What can I do as a as a role model to give this person the best chance they've got of succeeding? Mm. Sport's cool. Sport gives you a lot of opportunities. There's it a lot definitely, of learning. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah. I, I, another thing about like sport. I mean, for me, if I if I wasn't like doing sport at some point in the week, like here, I would it'd be horrible. Yeah. It clears the only thing that clears my head. And that'll be absolutely the same for. You know, I bet that we're in the musical. There's an yeah. absolutely the same thing for. For drama, for academics, I'm sure everyone has those things that, yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that's why this school is all, a lot of schools like that's why school is so good because yeah, you just have all those options to do all those things. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of those earlier points today, you know, school gives so many opportunities. Mm. It does. It allows you to find those things. You know, Ben, you might not have necessarily, as that example there, had you know you found now maybe and that this might be a tool for life. Sports is something you need to have. Because it will allow you to do your other things, whether mm. that's on a really serious level or whether it's a five-a-side game, mm. you know, yeah. once every fortnight. Who knows? But that might be you learn these things. Yeah, I, mean, coping I think it's a coping yeah. Me uh, mechanism. Yeah, it's very valuable. No, um, but tell us, so you're about to be cast away onto a, a desert <laughs> island. You're you're very you're a very sort of social person, very people person. You're, will you struggle being on your own? No, I'm I'm okay with that. I think. I mean, there'll be things I miss, and there'll be there'll be people I miss, but I might do. Yeah. No, I'm, um, <laughs> no, I do. I enjoy my own company at times. I get probably frustrated with myself, but I, and there, there's a lot I'd miss. But I'll give it a go. I'll, um, 
Yeah, I'll chance my I mean, now life. you're living in, in Harden, that must be, suddenly you're like... <laughs> I'll tell you what, that, uh, yeah, the desert island sounds pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> pretty tranquil. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but that, it's, it's funny, I, through teaching at the prep school and through here, um, I did, what did I do, six years living in boarding houses, um, and then one year out, and I can tell you now, moving in this summer, there was something amazing about it, like, you feel like you're going home. Because that buzz is boarding schools are all about. For me, it's they're not schools as you see them nine till three, nine till four. It really is twenty four hours. Um, and I think as a member of staff and as a student, you just got to throw yourself into those things, and that's what makes it special. And boarding is number one on that. You know, I've got such fond memories of being a boarder myself. I loved it. Um, and you see the opportunities and the things you get to do. Certainly, there are lows within that journey, but there's some serious highs. Yeah. Um. And it is a super cool place. It's good to be back. Oh. And what what luxury item would you take with you? Um, now, Mr. Jones, you've absolutely stolen this. And when I listened to Mr. Jones's Brylin discs, um, I was dreading he was going to say it because I thought, oh, maybe I can't. But I'm going with it as well. I have to take my golf clubs. That's my one source of, um, yeah, I, I need that. I need that. Unless, of course, I can take Miss Pick, but I can't. That's, <laughs> that's not the point. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take my golf clubs. Um, I, I need them. Um, well, tell us about your last final track. Uh, my last track, where are we now? Um, good, I think it's good, good Riddance, okay, yeah. Green Day. So this is probably the oldest out of all the songs this evening. Um, and, I, I mean, we all go through those stages in life. So I certainly had my, my rock phase or um, I had my dance stage where you listen to different genres of music and you try and find what makes you, you know, what works for you. And certainly through those teenage years, mm-hmm. that will fluctuate. Um but I've probably always around that indie, that rock sort of, that's always been quite a safe place for me. Um, but when you asked me again about those Choose Five, this one came straight to mind because it's one I've been listening to a lot recently. And it, again, it takes you back to different places. I can't quite pinpoint where this one does. Um, I'm probably lost in a, you know, feel like I'm walking around Sainsbury's or something random with my mum. Um, <laughs> but it does, it takes you back. And this is one at the moment I've just been listening to. Um, and I think, again, actually why I listen to it, is a really nice message within it of make the most of what you've got right now because it can all change really quickly. Um, and I think his is you know, written about a partner and she's moving away and he's going to miss her, but it's the same sort of idea. Everything can change really quickly. Um, so, yeah, make the most of it and yeah, enjoy the moment. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life 
It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. It's something unpredictable. We've just been, we've got to leave the studio quite soon. <laughs> We're on a time schedule. But um, Mr. Morris reminded me, we've, forgotten to, we've forgotten to ask him what book he would take to the island. Um, well, my books, I'm actually going to be a little bit cheeky and I'm going to ask to take a few. And if you say no, I'll only take one. I'm fine with that. Um, but it's more of a challenge out there. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, so Harry Potter, I'm, I'm ideally taking them all. Um, but if you won't let me, I'll, I will choose one. Um, but... You know, that, that's open to anyone around school. If you fancy a chat, or a chat about <laughs> Harry Potter... What is it about <laughs> Harry Potter? Uh, for me, I mean, I grew up with it. I felt like I was Harry at times. With, <laughs> with the ages, as he grew up, I grew up. Um, I used to, I had my nan bought them for me on um, uh, on cassette, and actually it was lovely. I saw her this week, and she's listening back to them. Uh, but Stephen Fry read Harry Potter to me every night. Mm-hmm. It was about 45 minutes on each side of the cassette, so I used to put it on and go to sleep to it, or not to sleep, and... My family would hear it change side and play again and probably all think, oh, no, he's still up. Um, but I loved it. And I you would literally listen to, for years, Harry Potter pretty much every night. Um, mm. I'm pretty keen to read them again. I've read them multiple times. It's just a fun story with great characters. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking that with me, please. Oh, you're you're very welcome to take that. What is your favourite Harry Potter? Um, if it's a book. Now, this is one I don't think I've heard others shout for it. But for me, Order of the Phoenix, because you meet mm. so many new characters when he's... Yeah, when, the when they join the order. Thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's the Goblet of oh, Fire. That's the, oh. you, do, you meet new characters in every book. Or the first, where you meet everyone. That's a lovely book. But I loved, there was something about the Order of the Phoenix, which a lot of people say is their least favourite. Um, but like meeting someone like Kingsley Shacklebolt. You know, and you get to <laughs> I mean, imagine. The names well, yeah, are ridiculous. The names yeah. are amazing. Yeah, Mundungus Fletcher. But um, <laughs> you do, and you, you, you build your own image of what these people are and what they look like and what they do outside of their. You know, oh, I wonder what Kingsley's doing now. Um, yeah, I mean, to this day, I ask that question. <laughs> oh, that's really that's. It's been great to hear all your tracks and um, great chat, and yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it as much no, as all you have. I've loved it. It's been, it's been as others have said, it has been a really good therapy session. But um, yeah, if anyone has listened in, I hope you've enjoyed it, and a huge thank you to you both and to Mr. Mills and everyone who's helped set this up. This is absolutely awesome, and I look forward to listening to to the next Brian and Desks. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll come back on the radio soon. Cheers. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. I knew I was playing with fire from the day that I met you. 